Hi, and welcome to the Leadcast, the place where you can get Leeds history, student hobbies, and so much more. My name is Ben Matern, and I'm excited to announce that this is the first Lead podcast. The first segment we have is an interview with Dr. Stanley, the leader of leaders. It's a great day to be a leader every day. Hi, my name is Elena Jeffries. And I'm Kara Burns. High school can be rough, but what happens whenever students are given the materials to pave their own way? The place is lead and the time is now. Let's meet the leader of the leaders. I think it's very individual, right? And, and that's one thing we're about is, is individualization, customization, and trying to make sure we meet and support students wherever they're at and whatever their passions are. So. I can think of lots of individual examples, and I think collectively, I think, you know, what's really cool is that in Park Hill School District, our students have a choice about if, if, they're, if they find the idea of project-based learning and mentorship appealing and self-directed learning, then they have a, an avenue to really pursue that. So more than anything, I just think it, it helps. Dr. Stanley elaborated on how students at LEAD have the ability to express their individualism. We feel as students that LEAD is a place where we can express ourselves. But how did his need to be a leader begin? I felt like I could really serve others. And so as a building principal, that's really what I appreciate and enjoy about my role is just the opportunity to serve students, to serve staff, support staff, and being able to help students. Dr. Stanley expressed some of the experiences he had with the first graduating seniors. This will be our first graduating class. You know, we this is four years in and having to make decisions and set up processes for a lot of firsts has really been challenging, but also really exciting and fun. So, you know, how we celebrate our seniors here at LEAD in addition to their formal graduation ceremony at their home high school. There's a lot of work to that and a lot of challenges, but it's also really fun to work on what that looks like and how we celebrate our seniors. But along the way, every year, every day, there's stuff that comes up that we have to work through and problem solve, which is hard work, but also really enjoyable. Everyone knows that everyone is different in every which way, but what is the difference between lead kids and other high school kids? I don't know that I would categorize lead kids as being different than other high school kids. I think uh, as an educator and as a person, I've just always appreciated everybody's individual differences and what we have in common and our similarities, our differences. And so... I don't view students at LEAD as being different from students at the home high school in any way. I just get excited about supporting all students on their journeys that I have a chance to work with. When we first were opening the building, and I think we still have work to do. I think there's still things always that we can get better at and do better. We like being different because it gives us a chance to figure out who we are as a whole. But is it what Dr. Stanley envisioned it to be? Nobody saw the pandemic coming, for sure. Maybe somebody who was around uh, for the Spanish flu in 1918 or something (laughs) like that. But, you know, that's brought some unique challenges. But, you know, by and large, 
lead is more than I ever could have imagined it being. The physical space is amazing. The students who are here, the staff that we have, you know, it's, it's kind of beyond a dream job to be able to work here and work in this role. But there's still work to do and things we want to get better at and you know, excited about continuing the work. I'm excited and I'm nervous and all those things. I miss what it's like to have a building full of kids and students and when we open this building this year, we're getting ready to do that. That was such a big thing to me personally and to our building, I think to our community. And doing that at, you know, with a fraction of the kids in the building was was hard in a lot of ways. There's a lot of logistical things since, you know, since the decision was made to come back full in person, we've got a lot of work to do and things to figure out. Things we had planned for and were preparing for for since the start of the year at some point hoping we get the chance to come back in full in person right but also understanding that it's really stressful for staff it's it's stressful for a lot of our students and families being in closer proximity to other students and having more people in the building so there's just a lot of work to do to make decisions about how we put the best possible safety measures in place how we communicate about that how we help people to feel at ease about that as best we can and also just knowing that it's going to be really hard for a lot of people but that's again you know like in in this role I love the opportunity to serve others and try and make best possible decisions we can just to support our students and our staff here at LEAD. LEAD is a great place to be it is a place to express ourselves and to be who we want to be and we're so excited to merge A days and B days again. Be safe leaders. Kira Burns and Elena Jeffries signing off. Now let's head across the pond to Christian segment. If you're interested in cannibalism in an Arctic setting, this is going to be your jam. Hello everyone, my name is Christian and this is the history segment for the lead podcast. Hello everybody, welcome. So today I'm going to be talking about the Franklin Expedition. So the Franklin Expedition started in 1845, two years after a previous expedition. A lot of advancements were being made in science at the time. And I feel like the Franklin Expedition was really, really rushed to get out the door and go to the Arctic, like right now. Captaining the ship was Sir John Franklin, who had been knighted previously. He had a huge Arctic explorer portfolio. He was... 59 at this point and the incentive for this crew which by the way this crew consisted of two ships hms erebus and hms terror was to find the northwest passage so franklin was given the role of captain by the admiralty commander fitzjames a young up-and-comer in the mediterranean was chosen as a second command on the erebus now there's two second in commands and the overall second in command is a man by the name of francis crozier Before leaving, Fitzjames wrote to an officer who'd helped him get his position on the ship. I say we shall get through the Northwest Passage this year, and I shall land at Petropolovsky and shake you by the hand on the 22nd of February, 1846. To give some perspective on that statement, the men would be wandering around the Arctic in 1850, four years later than what Fitzjames wanted it to be. In 1845, before the ship fully left, they ran into a whaling ship named Enterprise. And the captain of the ship talked with Franklin, and he reportedly said, 
They had provisions for five years, but could make it last to seven. As 1847 came around, plans and sketches started to be raised to the Admiralty, but they plainly refused, and they thought it was too soon for a rescue mission. Theories and predictions began to pop up at this time, and it was believed that the crew would probably fall victim to scurvy and starvation if they spent a third winter. The best explorer, who completely dedicated himself to investigating the disappearance of the ships, is a man by the name of John Ray. When John Ray, in 1854, went to question the Inuit, following this trail, Ray talked with Moore, who seemed to know details of what happened, probably in the final days of the crew. This is what Ray managed to assess. A group of 40 men were traveling southward from King Williams Island in 1850, four years earlier. The men were dragging sleds with them, one of which had a small boat, and none of them spoke Inuktitut, but got their point across with sign language when communicating with the locals. They had explained that their ships had been trapped in the ice, so they deserted them to look for food. Most of them were described by the Inuit as being thin and weak, but the leader of them was tall, broad, and middle-aged, supporting that the leader may have been Francis Crozier. When passing, Crozier traded with the Inuit for seal meat and was promptly nicknamed Agluka, meaning long strider in Tut. Later that same year in 1850, the Inuit discovered up to 30 bodies on the mainland and five more on an island nearby. Some were found in tents, while others were found in an upturned boat for shelter. As the Inuit explained the scene to Ray, what they were telling him seemed absurd. He claimed, From the mutilated state of many of the bodies and the contents of the kettles, it is evident that our wretched countrymen had been driven to the last dread alternative as a means of sustaining life. Cannibalism. It's cannibalism, guys. When this news reached London, it sent a shock through literally everybody. The Admiralty, Captain Franklin's wife, niece, the public. Everyone was so appalled that Englishmen could do that. People started attacking John Ray for just taking the Inuit's word for it. And when all of this came out, Charles Dickens, yes, the Charles Dickens, Christmas story Charles Dickens jumped to defend the crew and is a weekly newsletter that he had at that time. Just an absolute display of blatant racism towards the Inuit. When that was published, John Ray attempted to defend the Inuit who'd aided him, but more accusations and theories of the Inuit attacking the Franklin crew and actually cannibalizing the men themselves popped up more and more, which is a perfect display of British 1800s racism. In 1859, a huge advancement was found, and it's called the Victory Point Note. The Victory Point Note was asking that whoever found the paper send it to the Admiralty, and the writing was identified as Fitzjames's and dated to 1847, two years after Erebus and Terror had left port. Fitzjames wrote what might have been a typical status update of latitude and longitude, he stated for context. Having wintered in 1846-1847 at Beachy Island, and also observed Captain Franklin as the commander, and then finished with the phrase, all well. There may have been a hint of disorientation of this account, though, as the crew was wintered in at Beachy Island through 1845 to 1846, not like Fitzjames had written 
1846 to 1847. And then in the fact that Franklin did not write the note himself also looks very suspicious. On the same note, 11 months later in 1848, Fitzjames wrote that three days earlier, the crew consisting of 105 men abandoned the ships under the command of Captain Crozier. Fitzjames added on to that that Captain Franklin had died on June 11, 1847, and by that point they had lost nine officers and 15 sailors. I honestly feel like we will never really exactly get a clear picture of what happened and what pushed these men to their absolute limit, but it was found earlier that after an autopsy was done on some of the crew members, it was also revealed that canned foods they brought on board were contaminated with lead and botulism, which caused memory loss, delirium, hallucinations, fatigue, pain in general, etc. Basically, literally, you're in the worst conditions in the world, and you also are like going crazy and also starving to death. And then also, when forensically investigated, the bones from the crew were found to have cut marks. I'm talking knife marks. They were eating each other. When I think about this, I think of men who were probably pushed to their absolute limit. It's difficult to imagine because all the harshness coming from the weather and everything into that, it all would seem too difficult to bear. So I, w- I want to say thank you, for guys, for listening. I hope you liked the, the cannibalism just as much as I do. On to the next segment. I think I just lost my appetite. Let's head back to the studio and catch up with Senior Wheel Pearson. Freshmen, sophomores, juniors, listen up. You're about to get a different kind of history lesson. So how does it feel to be a senior, huh? I hate it. Not because of, like... Oh, I'm a senior, I'm in school, but like the thought of just growing up. I, I know sort of what I want to do, but it's that uncertainty that, of what lies ahead. Right. And it, it's it's just going to be strange, man. It's it's weird to think about. I don't like thinking about it, but I kind of have to. Yeah. We're going to be graduating in like, what, two months? Almost, yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> yeah. I personally enjoy the fact of being a senior mm-hmm. i have we we have worked so hard yes all of our years to get to this moment mm-hmm. and it feels good it honestly does uh, like walking into the school senior year first day as a senior is crazy it felt good it's like yes it's been building up to this moment for me it was not like that really <laughs> yes because for me, I, I was working a lot during the summer, so my sleep schedule was a little on the shoddy side. Yeah. So for me, I was like, oh, God, what day is it? Oh, I'm a senior now. Mm. Yeah. Okay. It was that as soon as I sat down in the classroom, mm-hmm. it was that realization as, oh, I'm a senior now. As we have grown older, I don't know if you noticed, but... Like, time just flies so fast now. Oh, my God, yes. Um, I don't know if it's because we're now more busy in our lives and we just lose track of time, I, but it's it's happening. I don't. Know I feel like I don't have enough time now. Right. It feels like time is slipping away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I can just look at the clock. Oh, it's it's 9.30. I can get some stuff done, work on one thing, and then boom. It's, it's not, Yeah, exactly. The time goes way too fast as a senior. So for all you freshmen, uh, sophomore, and juniors, 
take this time and appreciate it because you you may feel you may feel like there's a lot going on now but once you hit that junior senior year and you start like getting a job or doing more activities outside of school start driving oh god driving driving felt like such a freedom mm, true so us seniors we have our own parking lot <coughs> juniors <laughs> so it honestly feels nice to be like this is our thing mm. in your point of view how has lead either changed in a good way or what do you think lead has evolved so lead has definitely evolved in its diversity mm-hmm. there there's such a diverse group of people and it's honestly really amazing to see the amount of like i guess differences in how people think and how people view the world and how people operate that is one thing that we have changed for the better mm-hmm. i would say is our diversity and being inclusive with our diversity mm-hmm. another thing we have changed for the better i believe is just our schooling and education in general. We have gotten a new set of teachers each year. Right. And they have adapted really well. Very. To what LEAD is. Mm-hmm. Because LEAD is not a normal schooling. But that's a good thing, I would Obviously. say. Obviously. Being normal to me is boring. I would not want to be normal. But with here, you actually do express your creativity and express what you want to do in your projects. And actually, I, f- I would re- um, say you learn more here than you actually do in actual school. And not only is it just different with like how it's structured, I would say teachers here at LEAD are more focused on the actual kids. It feels like a family. Honestly, yes. That, that, that's another point that LEAD has involved for the better. Um, if you remember our freshman year, mentoring really wasn't... It was weird. Yes. Freshman year was definitely a bunch of mistakes and a bunch of a learning process. Mm-hmm. And we realized what we adapted in well and what we didn't. Mm-hmm. And we also realized that, hey, some kids don't need to be met with, like, on a day-to-day basis but some do mm-hmm. some kids can do fine on their own and some kids need a little bit more help and practice right. and also with how the schooling system works some kids need just a little bit more time to get things done mm-hmm. while others can excel and do like the, that day right. that's what i like about lead you can choose to finish everything in one sitting mm-hmm and then just take a break for the rest of the time. Right, which a lot of people do. Um, yes. Either that being in the early stages of school or, or the later stage. The later. Usually it's the later, but you know you still have that option. Yes, and but it does. That, that's what I like. It doesn't harm you. Mm-hmm. Like I guess it harms yourself by putting a workload on you. Right. But most people actually, like us seniors, we work well under stress and under time conditions. <laughs> True. Are you excited to go back to five days a week? Mm. Because personally, I feel like it's going to be fun to see all the other people that we don't usually right. see. Yeah, um, that that is one part of it that I'm excited for. Uh, one thing that I would like change is keep the Wednesday off. 
for personnel to clean uh like yes i would agree with that um but yeah i'm i'm excited to see uh my friends that i haven't seen in such a long time it feels like i know do you have any stories from the lead from the old office building that you want to share oh a whole bunch all right let's start with the funniest moment so the funniest moment would definitely have been all of our fire drills that we've ever had because it was just a whole bunch of kids packed into this tiny tiny stairwell we we got away with a lot of shenanigans Mm -hmm. definitely a lot of exploded bottles of beverages and just throwing things obviously as us kids would do but i would say the funniest moment was watching someone fall down the stairs (laughs) i was personally tripped so it was me falling i was tripped by one of my friends i'm not going to disclose name but it was like hey will and steps his leg out right in front of me as i was running downstairs because i was just trying to get all this over with and then I don't fall forward. I actually fall backward somehow. And then uh, I just skid all the way down. Remember that time when it was last year, actually, before everything was shut down? A freshman bombed the stairwell with Axe body spray. I don't remember, like, what day or what time, but all I remember is hearing, <laughs> and then the smell of acts just flooded the entire fifth floor. It was awful. So do you, you know the color blue, right? Yeah. That's what it smelled like. So here, here's another funny story regarding those tables. So those tables were meant to flip and go uh, horizontally, mm-hmm. right? Or not horizontally, sorry, vertically. Vertically up and down so it could just slide through crevices easily, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not just a big square table. Well, those were not the most stable of tables because one of my buddies decided to just sit on the table and talk. Well, he sat on the wrong side and it collapsed in oh, and he fell. He's not the only person who's done that. Either. Oh, of course not. It happens still here yes. like in the new building. Yes, it people, does. People fall all, all the time. time. That, that's a funny thing. It's always funny watching someone else fall. Except when you're the one fault. Thanks for tuning in to Leadcast. My name is Ben Matern, and I hope to see you next time.